Hey, welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Um, I want to share with you today uh, a few scriptures, but I, in starting there, I wanted to recap a few thoughts from last week. That, um, Pastor Josh's message which I thought was brilliant, and it's up on the podcast, so if you missed it or, uh, or you got it, it's really great just going back and listening to that again. There's a few thoughts on the, uh, the progression of having your senses uh, then submitted to reason and then that reason being submitted to uh, the Word of God and the things of God. And, uh, and really, there's a lot of keys in there which I think were really important. Um, and so I just wanted to encourage you first and foremost just to get back uh, this week just get onto the podcast and have another listen because uh something about when you hear something for the first time it's great but then when you hear it the second time it's just like it's like punching someone hypothetically that uh the first one doesn't always get them down but if you just keep punching it and it's the same with truth so um get back into there and that will be great but today we are going to be looking at the subject of a prosperous soul a prosperous soul And uh, we're going to start in 3 John chapter 2. And it says this, I think we've got it on screen. It says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. A prosperous soul, it says there that he prays above all things that you prosper and be in health uh, even as your soul prospers. And some of us have just taken that as maybe maybe a Star Trek quote. Any, any Trekkies in the house? No? Clearly not. Clearly I've said something evil that I need to repent for later. But the Apostle John came up with it first before uh, anyone else. And often sometimes this is the trick of life that we think we're prospering, but if we don't understand what that is, you can be thinking you're getting further ahead and you're getting further away from where you're trying to get to. And today, there's the, the only, I guess, concept of biblical prosperity or a soul prosperity, it comes from the Word of God. Because who knows, you can be, uh, if you're climbing a ladder, it can sound great, you can feel like you're progressing, but if it's against the wrong wall, uh, it's, you're not going to go anywhere good. It's not going to be fulfilling, even though you think you're progressing. And it's the same even with prosperity that we've had a a notion that prosperity just means more. You know what I mean? You've got, how are you going? Yeah, good. Well, I'm prospering. Why? Because there's just more happening. And yet, that's not a complete definition. And, and you've got to know your position and your direction. And that's got something to do with soul prosperity. Because you, can, you could meet me and I could have $100,000 in my back pocket and you'd be thinking, gee, that's a guy I, want, I think we should be friends and I could say, hey, and they say, wow, you, you're prospering. And I said, well, yeah. I said, well, you've got 100 grand in your back pocket. And I said, yeah, well, last week I had 400 grand. 
Last month, I had $800,000. So uh, I, I may be in a position with some, something, but I'm actually, that my, my direction is not, I've got to change something because at this rate, I'm going to be broke in another week. But we see people in, a, in that moment that's captured in just a positional moment, but we don't necessarily see them in a directional moment. That's why I love the body of believers. Because you've got people looking at your life. See, if something happens to us in a moment that's great, and it can be kind of almost haphazard or lucky or something great happens, we can say, oh, we're, it's a blessing. Something's happened to us. It, we're blessed. And yet the, the greatness of people around us can, can speak into the direction of our life, not just the position of our life. Because the position of our life, we can get quite prideful in that. Something happened, way! Something, something bad didn't happen, yeah, how good am I? Or we're young and we think that we're healthy because nothing hurts and everything looks good and skin's all in the right places and we think that was us. It has nothing to do with you guys, it's your age. <laughs> Over time you can see it's not just a position of, of youthfulness, uh, but it's also a direction of someone who either looks after themselves or there's the, the glow of God on them. You know what I mean? There's the, the joy of the Lord on them, which there's just a different process to that over the decades versus just the moment. Not that either are wrong. I want great moments. I want a, a great position. I'd love a really comfortable position now, heading to an even more comfortable position and a, and a more adventurous position. Um, but also that there's something satisfying about a direction that of my soul prospering. I could say a scripture and and uh, you might say, oh, gee, you, you don't, don't know your Bible very well. You misquoted that one. But you didn't know me last week. Maybe I knew it less last week, and I've just learnt it. So my direction is strengthening in the things of God, strengthening in my, my biblical knowledge, strengthening in other areas of life. Or vice versa, there could be someone with a reputation, a, a, a rock-solid reputation of something phenomenal in an industry, an industry leader, or, uh, or, or something like that. And yet... You meet them now and you're like, wow, you are my hero 20 years ago because you did this thing and you were world class at this and you were famous at that. And then you meet them now and you realise that their life has uh, somehow been hollowed out or eroded on the inside. And no longer, direct, uh, positionally they were great, but, but now directionally something's gone awry. And so when we look at a prosperous soul, we have to look at position and direction. That great things are happening, but also what direction are you heading in? In 2 Timothy, chapter 2, and I speak this in context of Pastor Josh's message last week, which was about, we have the senses, you know, there's things, the sight, the touch, the taste, the feel, all these kinds of things which are great and God-given for us to enjoy this natural world, give Him glory, and also adjust when we see uh, danger coming, you know, you touch something hot, it's your senses that tell you don't do that again, and so there's a learning that happens through that, it's all good, uh, but that, that needs to be uh, subject to reason, because if you just let any one sense uh, in itself be God and be ruler, then it can take you off track, and that's where you get it, you know, the thing that was supposed to be a blessing can even curse you if you say, it's all about what I see, you know, the lust of the eyes, or all about what I feel, even though that's keeping me safe, but then the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life, and things like this that can creep in if we elevate the, the senses, so then there's reason, but who knows, reason has limitations as well. That, that, that knowledge isn't just our God, but God himself is our Lord. And it's not just, what, well, I know everything, so I don't need to pursue anything further. No, 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 no. There's always this pursuit of God moving forward and the adventure of life. And so even the, our reason and knowledge needs to be submitted to God to stay on track and stay in that realm of, of growing in him and growing in wisdom. 
So in 2 Timothy 2, some people say this, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't called to be great or I wasn't, you know, some people have a different, a greater calling and things like that. But the scripture says here in 2 Timothy 2, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honour and some for dishonour. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honour, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who will call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And it continues, verse 23, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. How's this? So it's actually saying, if you want to be a vessel of gold or honour, it's not saying it's up to God. It's actually saying, hey, you can, if you cleanse yourself from the latter, from the junk. Now, you need God's redeeming power. You need the power of his blood. But it's actually you that, can, that plays part in that, of saying, no, I actually want to be a vessel of honour for God's youth, uh, use. And, and so, or I can just be wood, hay and stubble. I can be something that, uh, that in, in two days is going to be dead and, and blown, blown away by a little bit of wind. And it, it says there in 2 Timothy that it's not God's choice, it's yours. Do you want just a nice position for a moment? Or do you want a great direction, nourished by the things of God, a vessel worthy of, 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 of God's honour? And then it goes on to say that the people even to be able to assist and support other people and, allow, and, 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 and be able to speak correction into their life, not from a I'm right, you're wrong kind of thing, but actually in a, in a, in a humility and in a submissive of, of a, allowing people to uh, find correction, it says because uh, they're actually their own enemies through their senses, saying there that they, they might come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been ca- taken captive by him to do his will. So there's people that, through their senses, have been ca- taken captive by, by the devil to do dumb things. And actually, are we allowed to be able to speak freedom and they can come to their senses? Is that your, is that, is that your prayer? Can I come to my senses? Can I actually... I, I don't want to feel numb. I want to feel alive. And not just alive in feeling the sensuousness of the senses, but actually alive to... Uh, actually, I'm going to go there right now. There's a scripture in Hebrews that will blow your mind. Hebrews 4, man, because some people, we all think we're right. You know what I mean? Like, of course you think you're right. I think I'm right. If I didn't, if I thought I was wrong, I'd change so that then I'm right. We don't think we're wrong. If we think we're wrong, then we change direction. That's the repentance, change direction, and then we're right again. But the, but the, 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 the art of life, of life is, un, is going, what if I was wrong? What if, what if my presupposition was wrong? How would that look? And even in the things of God, we think everything we do is spiritual. Like, as in truth, I'm in the spirit. My judgment on something, my call, my opinion. And yet, I, I want to post to you that we can't even tell if we're spiritual or not. Spirit and soul are so close. And here in, in, in Hebrews... It says the only thing that can, that can decipher between soul and spirit is the word of God. Hebrews 4 
It says this, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fail according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. How good's that? That I can't even tell the difference between soul and spirit. But I don't need to. The word of God can decipher that for me. Like a, like a skilled surgeon, the word will, will penetrate and it will discern even the thought and the intent. You can do something nice and I think it's godly, but there might be a different intent or vice versa. I could be thinking I'm doing something godly, but God knows the intent of my heart and the motivations. And so there we, we, none of us can get this gig all sorted out without God. In Hebrews 5, it says this, for though the t- this, by this time you ought to be teachers, it says you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is, un- is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Far out. How's that? You can redeem your own senses to discern good and evil through use, through submitting them to the word of God that will discern that for you. Your flesh, you don't be blaming your flesh for all the dumb stuff you've been doing. It doesn't have that much power. You look in the mirror, that's who to blame. Oh, I just my flesh did that again. Uh, I, I get it, I get it. But it says here that those who are of full age and that maturity, it's because by reason of use, they've trained their senses to discern good and evil. They've trained their senses to obey God's word. God's word says something, but my body feels something different. And I say, no, 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 we're going to do what God's word says. Or we're not going to do what God says, what God's word says, don't. <laughs> and you can train that. So now you can walk into a situation. Pastor Josh talked about the bakery last week, you know, and, he, and now every time he runs past the bakery, it doesn't have to now discern, Lord, is it, is it your day that I come in and, and nail 10 donuts or not? You know what I mean? Uh, the, the, that's a slippery road. When we try and decipher uh, God's will through our senses, that's super slippery because I can come up with a justification that quick for doing something dumb and call it God. Hey, Lord, I think you're leading me. But so we can mature through applying God's word to our life to the point where, where the wisdom of God can start to flow through that. Why? Because they're trained you're trained. Um, you, we've been trained to eat or drink or look or walk or run or say, all these kinds of things. And this is where soul prosperity comes in. It's not just like, oh, I got a good deal over the line. Well, hey, I got a bit more cash or oh, a few more people like me. Soul, the soul loves that. Hey, that's not soul prosperity. Soul prosperity is fulfilling God's will, plain and simple. And, and more of God's will is surrounding you than you think. You think it's like, ah, something out there. Ugh, I think I got a bit today. I feel okay or I, I did probably less dumb things or something like that. And yet your life is absolutely drenched in God's will. Psalm 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, 
who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God is satisfying your very human body. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, I don't know how I don't know what God's filled my mouth with. What What have you filled your mouth with? I'll tell you what he's filled it with already. Great air, more than enough air. Blood that's got the muscles moving so you can speak something. But your what else can you fill your mouth? You can fill it with God's word or you can fill it with profanity. You can fill it with death and depression or you can fill it with praise and and, and gratefulness and and, and life. Uh, but already he's filled it with so much life. But are, are, we, are we grateful for that or not? I realise that my soul, when I don't fill my mouth with good things, I stop blessing the Lord. And vice versa, this, this word, that word, literally even just literally that scripture will start changing your day and changing your soul condition to one of prospering in God. That literally is my body, I'm going to bless the Lord. That's the powerful thing about your mouth. You can fill it with God's word. You can fill it with life. And, and it doesn't even, people around you could look at your position and go, man, that guy, he shouldn't be that happy. Things are, his things are worse than he realizes. But his mouth is leading him. Yeah, like in James, it talks about the, ma- the tongue being a little rudder, but it, 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 it charts the whole course and sets on fire things. And so no matter where you find yourself, you can, you've got a rudder. And you've also got, it says that you've also got fuel in that mouth. God's already filled it. We're like, God, do something for me today. He's like, mate, I already have. There's oxygen all around you. Oh, there's shortage on this earth, really? Oh, there's not enough food. There is. It's just, it's not handled correctly. It's disproportionate. There could be greed. There can be avarice. There can be all these kinds of things. But don't tell me there's not enough. There's tons of the stuff, you know, in, in Amazonian rainforests that grow and drop and then refertilize. You know, I mean, there's, there's more than enough air. There's more than enough water. There's more than enough oil and fuel and land and, and all these kinds of stuff. But if, if we switch ourselves off in our soul, if we say, God, you're not enough, if we say, God, uh, you have fallen short for me, what it does is it switches off our soul prosperity. I think it's also in James. It actually says, when you, when you feel like saying, God, you're testing me and tempting me, it says, don't say it. <laughs> you know when you're going through a trial, you know the hardest thing to do? is just not say it. You can, you can carry things, but you want to leak. Uh, you had a hurt or someone did you wrong. You, you want to try and act like you're doing the right thing, but then you want to kind of just a little bit of gossip. Like, oh, just want to make sure someone knows how much you're hurting. No, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, but yeah, that, yeah, that person didn't really. Oh. You know what I mean? You can leak. And you know where your soul leaks? Through your mouth. <laughs> Sorry, a little bit gross. But and James says, when you are tempted... When there's pressure on your flesh to say, God, you are tempting me. It says, shut your mouth. Why? Because it reminds us and says that God doesn't pressure and doesn't tempt anyone. And he, all good things come down from the Father of lights, in whom there's no shadow of turning. 
And so we can train our mouth, not cutesy, there's no problems, but train our mouth to keep fueling into God's truth. And, and before you bring any drama to God, bring some praise. Because then it'll be embedded in the right stuff. Yeah? You know, like it's the worming tablet, like for the dog. And you just, it's such a fight if you're trying to get that thing straight in. But if you can put it in something else, or your child, you know, hey, wrap those veggies or whatever in something else, and then put it in, and it just, it's easily entreated, like the Word of God. Sometimes it'll smack you around, but God's, he can, he can put that meal together, so you can taste it, you go, praise the Lord, yeah, you're good, and suddenly, have you ever felt that? Maybe in worship, or maybe in a time where you're, you're praising God, and then suddenly he just brings that little, the little worming tablet. You've been like, oh, Lord, what a great time. He's like, hey, it's probably time you fix that little attitude there. But in that environment, in, when your soul's prospering and, and you're in that, you know, something, wherever you are that you're praising, well, suddenly you can receive that and you adjust. If your mate had said that to you, if your friend had said, oi, you're out of line there, well, you would have bristled up and you would have spat the, spat the medicine out. But who knows, when your soul's prospering, you can even adjust and, be, and get back on track a lot easier than when your soul is not prospering. And that's why it's important. And that's why the Apostle John says to us here that he prays above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Not just a body without pain or not just enough money, but actually a soul that's prospering. So you're knowing what to do with that healthy body, not just sitting there binge watching all day every day and eating 10 packets of potato chips. You see how health isn't the end goal? It's a good thing, but it's so that the machinery works, so you can bless the Lord and bless other people. Same, the money is the same goal. Why? Yeah, we need to keep you alive and fed, so you can help other people. Progress is relative to priorities. That's what I'm trying to say. So we think we're getting further along in life. How do we know if we don't know where we're going? We think we're progressing. We're on the treadmill. Man, whoo, how are you going? Yeah, I'm going great. Where are, you, are you getting there? Yeah, I am. I'm flying. Woo! Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I'm getting there quicker now. Progress is happening. Not if I don't know where I'm going. Maybe nothing is happening. Actually, maybe destruction is happening if I'm on a way further away than where I should be going. And we find that in Joshua chapter 1. And it says where we start. Let's go Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. Just go to the next one. It says this, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So how's that? God's saying, and if you flood yourself with, with my word, then you'll prosper. And, and not only you just you'll prosper as in I'm smarter, but you'll actually see how to do it. You shall meditate in it day and night, keep it in your mouth, that you may observe to do according to all that is written, then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. So in other words, if you give someone who's, who's totally uh, into depravity and, and, and crime and just evil uh, against other people, if you give them more, 
what are they going to do? More money, more time, more influence. They're just going to do that to more people. Can't tell me that's prospering. That's bad. That's just more evil. But God's saying here, and all of us in, in areas of our own life, we can't get this sorted out without God. We, don't even, we can't even know our own direction without God. Otherwise, you get, you get into weird things. If you think, well, a wife's a good thing, uh, so the Lord, well, if I get more wives, maybe that'll be even more prosperous. Uh, no, that's absolutely the opposite. It's more credit cards or more, more drama, maybe, hypothetically. Um, but see, without God's direction, what we think is prosperity, it's like that sense thing. Sense, it sense is a good thing, but if you go too far with one sense and let it be God, it'll take you off track and destroy you. And same with prosperity or what we think of it, you know, without God, it can still destroy you. Scripture says that elsewhere. It says prosperity ruins, not everyone, it says it ruins the fool. It just ruins the fool. It's not evil to prosper, but we, it still needs to be submitted to God. And here we find that God's like, man, I, I want to bless you. And you know how it's going to come? Through you knowing me. Through you knowing me better. And then you'll see how to do it all. And then, man, whatever. It says everything will prosper. You'll prosper wherever you go then. I'll give you a hint about God, Jesus, right? Now it says that hey, he fulfilled all prophecy and fulfilled all scripture. He wasn't some robot. You know, I'm like, hey, man, he had so many prophecies to fulfill. How did he get them all? Oh, did he have a checklist? Okay, I've got to go there. Better be born there. Okay, now I've got to, what have I got to do there? Oh, I've got to go over here, and then I've got to pretend to heal someone. No, now I've got to go and raise this dead guy. Um, and, you know, because all over Scripture, then he does something, and then it says, and thus fulfilled Scripture in Isaiah, where it says, da, 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 da. I mean, how did he do all that? Was he a robot? No. Was he, was he living his life like this? You know, like, oh, No. It's because he, he, he filled himself up on God's word to the point. Oh, okay, we're not ready yet. One more scripture. This is the kicker. Oh, I love it. John 8. John 8. And you might have heard, have you heard like, you'll know the truth and it'll set you free? Sounds good. Anyone can say that, right? <laughs> Whether they're believers or not. You, you get it on, uh, you'll get that in Byron Bay. You'll get it anywhere. Know your truth. What's your truth? What's your truth? But my truth is different. <laughs> How do you... Does <laughs> that set anyone free? No. It just gives them reason to do whatever the <laughs> they want, you know. John 8 says this, uh, verse 25. Then they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. I speak to the world... Uh, the Old King James, I think, says only, but it says, I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. Again, the, the, the in italics there, the translators put them in just to make it sound better, but um, to make more sense, but they're actually not in the original uh, text, and so sometimes I like to read it without the italics, just to get maybe a different tone of what they were actually trying to say here. And so it actually reads like this. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. 
And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. If I can get the band up, that'd be great. And he said, spoke these words. Many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He, Jesus said this in a nutshell. He said, man, I do nothing of myself. They were trying to accuse him of being his own legend. He said, no, 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 I do nothing. I don't do anything. I don't say anything except what I hear my father do and say. And because I'm listening to my father, I'm submitted to my father's will. I I don't do anything out of my own ego. I don't do anything. And that's what he said. Because I do that, he said, my words, words, you can trust Jesus' words. It's not because he came up with a better opinion than ours. It's because he was saying the words from the Father God. That's the only reason. He wasn't saying, hey guys, look at me, I'm the biggest dog out. He was saying, I am totally submitted to my Father. And so the words that I say, they are truth. They are from the Father God. And then he said, if you, uh, you do the same with me. He said, if you abide in my word, then you're my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. He's like, mate, if you continue in the words of the Father, you can be as free as me. Jesus came as our example, not to domineer, not to say I'm better than anyone. Look at me. He said, do exactly what I'm doing. Follow the Father God. Follow your creator. The words that he speaks, that their spirit and life, their truth. And so to us, with our soul prospering, isn't coming up with our own harebrained ideas. Not knowing the market better. Your soul prospering. You can know the market better and still perish. You can, you can know how to win friends and influence people and still perish because of something else. But when you're hanging your life on the words from God the Father himself that Jesus has modelled to us, he's like, mate, you can be as free as me. He didn't come up with anything new. Do you know when everyone, anyone tried to glorify him, he'd always glorify the Father. You want to keep your life on track? Glorify your creator. Whatever happens. Just start honouring God. And when you go into his word, your soul will start to prosper. See, you'll know then, it says in, in that Joshua one, it was talking about if, if you're in my word, then everything you do will prosper. Sometimes prospering is losing. Losing a, a situation to gain a friend. It might cost you a few dollars. You might be just about, something might just about to be going pear-shaped for you and you know the Lord is saying, forgive those who curse you. Sounds cute when we say it on Sunday. Not on Tuesday in your own business. Forgive those who curse you. In the schoolyard or someone else is trying to, you know, flirt with your guy or lady. Or that, you know, and, and then suddenly it doesn't sound so cute in, 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 in Sunday anymore. But they're the very times when the power of God will come all over you. The very moments. When you, could, when you could do that extra thing to give yourself advantage and you don't have to, you know what? It's, it, feels, it still feels like hurt, but your soul's prospering. You're becoming a bigger person. You're becoming more like Jesus to where he could have crowds running after him and he at the same time is like, yeah, that's good. Okay, guys, let's go. Let's run off to the desert. We need time with our father. That's the, that's the real deal. What are you trying to get in life? Is your soul prospering? Do you need the dance and the fanfare to feel good in God? Or are you okay to 
separate yourself back in the desert and say, Lord, you're amazing. Have you ever felt with you, you've got something, you've got a bit more money or you've got a promotion but it still felt yuck on the inside because you've reached out and grabbed it, you picked that fruit early? You thought it was what you wanted but it didn't work. And I'm telling you, God loves you so much. He has so much prosperity flooding through your life. The lens of that's through your soul. I want us to bless the Lord, O oh, our soul, and all that is within us. Let's bless his holy name. Let's bless the Lord, our soul, who has filled our mouth with all good things so that our youth is renewed. Lord, Father God, we thank you, Lord. You have blessed your people. Lord, we thank you that, that it's only through your truth, your word, your love, Lord, that keeps us on track. No matter how many victories we've had in the past, no matter how many defeats, no matter how many times we've fallen short, Lord, we thank you that today, the truth of Jesus Christ, Lord, we we hear the words, we listen. Lord God, our eyes are fixed on you. Father, I thank you for the hearts that are in this room that you love and, Lord, that you created and that you speak life into. God, I thank you that this week, every single person here rises. You're going to lead them. You're going to prompt them in a situation when a challenging moment comes and they're going to be able to either hold their tongue or they're going to be able to speak your love. They're going to be able to forgive. And Father, we always thought you were in the nice, cute, comfortable moments, but Lord, you're in the trenches with us when it's muddy and sweaty and it's, and it's gritty. And Lord, I thank you that those moments this week, we remember you and all that you have for us. Father, we thank you, Lord. We need you. We acknowledge you, as John Fuller said today, Lord God, you're our salvation, and we remember that today. We acknowledge you with all that we are. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.